You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Okay, I just want to apologise before we start. Sid Talk's got a cold. Kinda, yeah. Yep. She might do this, and my voice feels a little bit... <clears throat> so, um, if we... By the middle of the show, if it just becomes silence and sniffing, <laughs> I think that's then you just, understand. You're having sympathy pains, because you're actually all right. No, I've actually got a bit of a <clears> cold. And I just had a cold the last few days, and it's no big deal, and I'll try really hard not to sniffle and cough and clear my throat. Let me clear my throat. <clears throat> okay, so uh, it's Sunday, January the 25th, 2009. I never say 2009, so I thought I'd say it this week. In fact, I wrote 2008 on something last week. So... How many months does it take to... Are you afraid the people listening won't know that it's 2009? Maybe they won't. Possibly. Or maybe they're listening to this in 2010 and they want to know. Anyway, this is uh, after the show number 54. This week we're going to be looking at the Bond Trilogy on Blu-ray disc. This comes out this Tuesday, January the 27th. It's on Blu-ray. It's from our friends at Universal. And don't be afraid by the retail price of this um, box set. Because I... The recommended retail price is $120, which seems a lot for three movies. In fact, ridiculous, right? Yes. But I've seen it for fifty nine ninety nine online this week, so... So look around. Look around, yeah. You can get it for 60 is that what That box saying. with the... Yep. Right. Fifty nine ninety nine reasonable. $119.99, what the hell? I still don't think sixty is reasonable, but that's just my opinion. That's 20 whole dollars per disc. And they're packaging it up and selling it to you. It should be about $9 a disc. Well, we know everything that is sold in retail should be less than one dollar in your. I didn't say one dollar, did I? I nine, said nine dollars. Less than ten dollars in your estimation. Some, yes. Not all, but some. Anything. No. You would like that, though, right? If you wanted a new Mercedes, you'd like it to be nine dollars. I don't like Mercedes, and no, I wouldn't want it to be nine dollars. How much? Nineteen. No, <laughs> stop making fun of me. Just because I don't want to fall for the bullshit of being told how much stuff is worth when it's not. That's I- it. I'll make fun of you as much as I like. Thank you. Um, so We'll see the, about that. The Bond trilogy, um, it's not an, they're not new movies. People probably already know all about exactly. them. Exactly. So you do the synopsis. The synopsis. It's not is, an easy synopsis. Well, kind of. I'm just going to wrap it up in general. I'm going to say the over, over, overview. Jason Bourne is a man fi- that, who finds himself with a bit of amnesia. He doesn't know who he is or where he's from, but he has discovers in, of course, the born identity, that he has these strange skills and abilities like fighting and um, like casing a place for threats and things like that. And it's all built into him and he can't figure out why he has that. He also has like a buried weird thing in him that has been implanted in him and, you know, he's been shot and he has amnesia, so he doesn't know who he is. So the quest of all the movies really is to get down to who he really is. And in in the process, there's a love story and uh, lots of intrigue and conspiracy and action. And, but at the heart of it, it's about a man trying to figure out who he is. Very well done. I think so. <laughs> so, so the Bond trilogy, obviously, trilogy, is... Set over three movies. The first... We'll just talk about it as a whole, I think. Yeah, yeah, totally. The first movie... Well, we will name the movie. The first movie is The Bond Identity. The second movie is The Bond... Supremacy. Supremacy. And the third movie is The Bond Ultimatum. Um, they, both, they all came out over various times. And, you know, the, When was the first one? That's what I want to know. The first one was... I, think, I did no research. Well, the, the last one, The Bond Ultimatum, was 2007. Oh, right. One pretty, thing I did notice, and I'll say while you're well, looking at Oh, it. I was going to say something about... You're probably going to say the same thing as me. Well, let me say it first, then. That from the first one to the third one, he goes from looking a little bit really young and sort of, like, boyish to being, like, hardcore man. Let me say this. He goes from being <laughs> really young and quite gaunt to being a bit more Muscle-y. puffed out. No, it, like, his face is actually a bit more... Um, I'm not saying he's fat. Oh, I think the opposite. In the first one, he's like baby fat looking, and then at, then later he gets chilled. See, and chiseled. I saw the opposite way around. Um, anyway, did the, you watch him in reverse? <laughs> the first one was uh, 2002. Okay. And then the next one was 2004, and then the last one was 2007. Yeah, and there is a difference. From in 2002 there. to 2007, Matt Damon goes through some changes: weightlifting and muscling up. His I balls think. drop. Possibly. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I'm a girl. I'm a female. <laughs> 
No, he doesn't talk any different, does he? I don't know. He still sounds no, the same. No, not really. But anyway, um, there's the three movies. We'll talk about them as a whole. Let me just uh, address one thing, and it's the very beginning of the first movie. The opening scene, there's a shadowy figure floating in the water, and a trawler boat picks him up, puts him on board, and the guy on the trawler boat, some weird... What is he it's like? a trawler boat. A trawler boat that... The fishing boat. Fishing boat, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, that pulls, you British a, pulls a net along. <laughs> you know, that horrible You made that up, trawler. Oh, that's right. Okay. So, the guy on the trawler boat pulls him up and then proceeds to, like, cut off his wetsuit and cut the thing out of his neck. How did he know... Out of his hip. Yeah, out of his hip. How did he know... Why did he start cutting into him? Like I had no idea. That was, I thought that's that one thing like, that's always bothered me. Does is that guy know know these people? I don't he know. Shouldn't, the shouldn't. only thing I could think is it's like a Russian boat, right? The Russians. Yeah. And he seemed to be quite skeptical, and he was an older, doctory looking kind of guy. He had like these tool boats of doctor tools, but also fishing equipment. I don't know. So I'm thinking maybe he's just real skeptical and cynical anyway, and he's found this dude who's got a blinking light on him in a wetsuit and with bullet two bullets in his, his back. And I think it just maybe is a thing where he's going, oh, this is, something's going on here. But, you know. He struck lucky, though. On his third slice, he found, he found like... No, there was a big scar there. Didn't you see it? There's a great big scar on him. Yeah, but... And he cut around yeah, it. It's always been it something that's like, I, I was like, why is he poking... Whoa, and then he found that. Nice. It's quite convenient. <laughs> he wasn't poking around. There was a big scar, and he wondered... I know he was pulling the bullets out. Right. And then it shows a close-up of a big scar, and then he's looking at it, and then he cuts around that and finds the thing. But why? Why cut his big scar? Know. His scar's healed up. If you don't have him do that, <laughs> then, like, there's nothing else. <laughs> you, can't, you can't go on, so... You know, cut the bullet holes, but the scar's fine. Don't cut that. <laughs> but anyway, that... You know, a lot of other people probably... Now we've planted that seed in people's mind. They'll be well, like, yeah, the, what the hell? That's like the opening minute, so... <laughs> it is. But, but anyway, it's a... We watched all three in a row last night. We, yeah, all and three. And we've seen them all before. We've seen them before. <laughs> um, but we've never seen them in a row. We actually watched them staggered a bit last time. Um, it does feel like one big long movie. Totally. Um, the, to me, okay, uh, let me say what's wrong with the movies before I start. And I really like these movies. I want to preface that with um the camera work. I don't like it at all. I think it even gets worse than in the third movie. It's a... Um, Do you mean those times when it moves and everything's actually pretty blurry? Zooms in and out. Yeah. Like, woo! Yeah, like, I agree. Like, it's, it's what we were talking about with The Dark Knight, where it spins around them. But it's not the spinning around. It's more of the... I'm, I'm looking at a street scene, and then I'm zooming in close, and then I'm coming back out. Like, it, like it's supposed to feel like a or handheld or Or there's or big swinging of the camera. And it's not just swinging like everything's... Like you're moving through a scene. It actually makes everything... Blurry. Yeah, it's 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 and an so, intentional yeah. thing, but it's um overused. It is overused, but it's not so bad that it, it you just notice it more. It can make you feel a bit. Um, I'm not talking like I'm not Cloverfield kind of dizzy. No, no, no. But it can make you feel like, who? Just keep the camera still a minute, please. Oh, I'm so like, funny that you say that because I thought that because too. yes, fast action scenes can you know be amplified with a cool camera, like a chase scene. But when it's two people sat at a desk, you don't need to zoom in and out of the heads all the time. Right. And other uh, some of the action scenes are some... We've got somebody walking out of a building, then it cuts really fast to a, a, a far shot of them, and then it cuts really close up to their face, and then it cuts over to yeah. a two-shot of them meeting someone, and then it cuts back in. It's like the editing now, is a little bit too dynamic. Sometimes. And now, that it is an intentional style, and they are, it does keep the movies really fast-paced, even during scenes that aren't necessarily much going on. The, but for me... It seemed to ramp up, too, after seeing them all in a row. The first one did have that kind of camera work. The second one, it had it a little bit more. And then the third one, it was completely out of control, in my opinion. And the third one, it was like... Oh, I disagree. I just found it the same, really. No, I I don't I don't know if you... Uh, well, I guess that was just me. But I, the third one... I know Paul Greengrass didn't direct the first one. But when he got to the third one, I feel that they just did it all the time like it was like every scene not just there was a lot of not the- just like in the first one it happens during action scenes only then there's a lot of just normal shots and then in the third one it's just all the time like even Joan Allen's just talking 
That's it, true. it zooms in on her eye and then it zooms back out on her face and then or it, it'll like start to go halfway around her and then it speeds up and then it cuts and to then the you're looking over her. somebody sh- like you're talking and I'm sat with you talking and the camera's just peeking over my shoulder so most of the frame is my shoulder and I can just see your nose it's like that was just two scenes I don't know specifically no there was there was about. quite a lot of those and um, I like that though that I like well I find it to be I don't know, just overused. Anyway, that's that's one of the bad things I have about the movie. I th- that's just style, then. Style, yeah. yeah. Um, another thing... F- bad... No, it's not bad. <laughs> you have a long list here. No, I've got two things. The that's other three. thing... The scar. The thing... The yeah, but that wasn't really... That was just something <laughs> funny. Um, the third thing is... I find the story, which is really good extremely complicated at times whereas whereas it comes to a point where they mention somebody's name who they introduced me to five minutes ago very briefly and then they mention the name of a person as though I'm supposed to know who that is you're talking about I know exactly what you're talking about you're talking about the assistant to the guy from the he was in all three or the first two yeah this is one specific example young guy who's kind of like the right-hand man of Conklin and of um, L.I.E. guy, David Co- or Brian Cox. And you never hear his name throughout it. Then you hear so his name, you like, just, You know his face, but not and his And then name. later, there's a big, massive scene where they say his name, and you're supposed to go, oh, my God. I, but I, in your mind, you're like, wait a minute. I'm actually sat there going... Who is that? <laughs> okay, they're talking about a guy called Jones, for instance. He's not called Jones, but they're talking about a guy called Jones. And I'm thinking to myself in my head, Am I supposed to know Jones because this whole conversation is about him? And it, I don't know who it is. I, I've, and this point, there's more than one point where that happens. I was more clear this time. Because the first time I think I was more confused. This time I made an effort to pay attention all along. Because I knew things would crisscross. Okay, and I did too. It a and little I still convoluted. got lost a little bit sometimes. And, so, I expl- and even Austin, too, my 12-year-old nephew watched him with us. Which someone might find that controversial. But I th- thought it was fine. Oh no, they're pg 13 I think he's fine. And uh, I explained to him about the plot going through the second one. And I kind of talked to him about five or six minutes, explained this and that. And he goes, oh, right. And I think I the, never, I goes, think I the never plot even is noticed that. At the most complicated, in the middle of the second movie. That's where it... And it there's actually points, even if you did get lost, where it becomes clear again. And I go, oh, you know, you start there watching mm-hmm. it, and you're like, okay, I didn't know who they were talking about then. Oh, okay, now I know. Like, so it does become clear, but there are points so where it's you like might ones just... with the Russian, yeah, the rich guy, and then the Russian politician, and the it's mainly names because I don't like if somebody shows me a face, and there's a lot of this in this movie, in these movies, where it shows you a computer screen with a photograph and then somebody's name, like a passport screen or something. And that's the information they're conveying. And then it moves on to a load of dialogue, and then they might mention that person's name and face. They did that with a reporter, I think, because you don't hear the reporter's name, like, except that they flash up on the screen real quick, you can see his face and his name is a little tiny under it, and then later I you mean, hear people talk yes, about it. Yes, you could read it. If you weren't reading it or yeah. you didn't catch it, then yeah, you'd be like, wait, and, what? And then you're like, who's, who's that guy? Uh, who are they talking about? And then it takes you a little while to catch up. We on. might be making ourselves sound kind of stupid. No. Because we're not paying attention. No, no we're not, because I've got something to say. <laughs> okay, so we're going to go into... are we going to get onto the good stuff? We're going we're to go into the extras later. We're not, we're not rushing here, we've got time. No, no, I'm just saying. We're going to get into the extras later, and no, we're not stupid, because <laughs> in one of the extras, there's an interview with Brian, Gum, Brian Gumbel, do you call him? Brian Gum, Bryant Gumbel. Bryant Gumbel, and uh, the author of the books, um, Robert Ludlam, and... He asks him, when you're writing these books, they're really complicated, do you ever get lost? And the guy said, yes, all the time. I have to go back and read it and then figure out where it crisscrosses and who and that and that. So, no, I don't feel stupid after reading that. (laughs) Because even he was confused. And he writes things in, when he wrote the books, he wrote them very specifically to be very intelligent and very complicated. Um, and it isn't complicated as in there's so many so much going on. It's just If you that, want to follow everything. That thing you're talking about where 
And as an audience, we like that, though. I don't yeah. like being told. No, I'm not saying it's thing. a bad thing. I'm just saying it's if just I got lost handed, a few times. It's not all handed to you straight up. There are I'm, some things you have to really be... I actually think it is handed to you straight up because they do give you all the information just very, very fast. Um, because, like I say, a lot of characters are conveyed by a screen with dossier information. Like, just, it'll show you a document with a name and a photograph and that's your link to that character until and they might mention him again in half an hour I don't even know what you're talking about really but I guess it's a lot of um, I mean I feel like we saw everyone that we saw on dossiers so I don't know what you mean but whatever no you see a dossier and then you the character's name's there and then there's a conversation going on with the, with a character's name being mentioned who you think have I met that character or who is that character I forget maybe I paid closer attention then because I don't have I don't have because if somebody memories. says oh Mr. Famke, and the only salute, the only expose of Mr. Famke was a document with his name on, and then they start talking about him, about what he did and stuff. It's often in my thing that I might not have read it properly, or I didn't pronounce it the same as that, or I don't tie it together. I think though the mind. thing is, you're making it sound like it's really, really, really prevalent, and it isn't. I mean, you see it, it happens maybe. With a few people. But I think I was it... lost three times, at least, in the whole three movies. Right. Where, I was, where I was actually... You, I just say, it sounds like it's constant. No, where I was actually... And I'm pretty... I really pay attention to movies. Where I was actually... And this is the second time I've seen it. <laughs> where I was sat there going... Like, the movie moves pretty fast, too. So, you don't really have time to think in your head... Okay, hold on, let me get that straight. Because it's moving. Yeah. And what I said is... And what I was saying is, no, it's not bad because it moves on a little bit and then it becomes clear. Like, like a, Exactly. So there are just a, a few little, like, five-minute periods where I was like, I'm not clear exactly what they're talking about right now. That was the problem. But I, I don't know if that's a problem or not. <laughs> well, I think it all, almost sounds like you want them to dummy it down, but you don't. Because then, then it's just some asshole movie that lays everything no, out I, for I don't. you. No, I, I'm not saying that. I, it was just it's something challenging. I <laughs> yeah, so because everything gets made parts, clear at some point. It's never like you just totally don't know what's going on. No, not at all. <clears> it's <throat> very, very clear apart yeah. from several moments like that. Which I don't, I don't know if that's bad narrative or you weren't supposed to get it until a little bit later. See, I never had any of that though, so maybe I don't know. This is different. I can't even give you instances. I just know that I was thinking in my head. I don't know that name they're talking about. I don't know who that. I can't put a face to that name at all. Like, even though I'm supposed to be able to at this point. So, I can get, I know that one specific. Maybe it's just example. me. I'm an idiot. You're not an idiot, but. I mean, if it didn't happen to you, and I'm, really. if other people want to write in and say, "Oh yeah, I was completely lost during <laughs> the the second bomb movie." The second one is the one in where the you middle. get a little bit like because there's a lot of things going on, a lot of different subplots going on, and you're like. Okay, the second one, I mean, we should give an this. overview, I guess, because there is the the story of the first one is him trying to figure out who he is, mostly. Right, we're gonna say that's the main heart of the first one: love interest, Doesn't traveling, going from place to place. Try, don't tell people about the movies and going from place to place. The second one, then you're introduced to a whole story, like conspiracy kind of story. There's a a plot to help some Russian businessmen make loads of money, and it involves CIA operatives and CIA higher ups and money that's been stolen and used and that kind of stuff and they they don't want to be exposed and so with Bourne trying to find out who he is he kind of taps into all that because this training thing that he went through was, was an assassination of, plot kind of, yeah. to kill a Russian no the guy on the boat oh that's see to me that's, that's a whole separate mission. thing yeah. yeah that was one of his missions but it had nothing to do with the story I don't believe the but I mean story. that guy had a big part in the first movie I mean, yeah, that guy was a... In the first one, yeah, but I'm talking about the second movie. Right. Where, yeah. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. We can... (laughs) No, you're confused. I'm not confused, but I can't explain to you without... I don't give things away. I don't want to tell people how things end in the movies or where they go because that's not fair. Right. To me. So, the third one, you said you like it the best. I find it... I think the first one's my favorite. I think the third one is awesome. I think... I think it's, apart from the shaky camera work, I think it's got the the action scenes are the best ones, I think. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, yeah. but... 
what occurs is like absolutely perfect for me. There's there's a moment in the movie where you just go, "Oh my god, yeah." Like that. <laughs> you have to tell me what that moment is. Well, now I'm intrigued. Is it a spoiler? Not really, but all right, I can say this without giving anything away. You know the very end of the second movie, the last scene. Well, don't give it away. No, I'm not I'm not telling you. I'm saying <laughs> okay. the very end of the second yes. movie, the last scene. Yes. When that scene, I don't. I'm not telling these people. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. When it comes, that's a brilliant scene. Yes, yes, because it is. It, apart from, Matt, no, I, I, can't, say, I can't they, say it. they bring two and three together in a very unique way, very unique and very like, not, and you don't expect it. Yeah, and you go like, oh, because that's why I think when we watched them all three in a row, it all felt like one big movie. It's hard yeah. to separate it all because they really wove it together. But that's really a, well. it's an, you know, an, an oh my god movie moment. Yep, like. Yep. Not, not, alright, like the ending of The Sixth Sense or something like that where or you Or like go, in Pulp Fiction where you're watching it going like, what the hell? Wait, yeah. oh, you, all of, it's, it's That a, was before it's that everything, happened, it was after that happened. It's everything clicks together all of a sudden, like. Yeah. I thought that, I think that is brilliant. I also think the eventual conclusion is also brilliant mm-hmm. too. I think, um, I think it's just really handled well, the ending of it. It's um, not rushed, because there's a whole beginning part before we get to the conclusion that's quite involved. This action all the way through the, the third one. I mean, it feels like a Bond movie, even. Like I think it, they all do. Yeah, yeah. But like a bit a modern, more harder edge than Bond. Because it's not, it's not relying favorite, on gadgets. Let's and, talk about what we've liked about them all. Okay, my number one thing for all three movies are the fight scenes, the car crashes, and the women. <laughs> well, I my, really my, like th- all the my women. thing, why 100% like those fight scenes, all of them, every single one, each one individually, even the the firefight kind of thing with uh, what's his name, Clive Owen Owens, Clive Owen, yeah, Clive Owen. That confrontation, even that is is all of them are the fights with the individual other soldier guys, just excellent fight scenes. You just feel like they're really getting in there, and the crashes of the cars, fantastic. All right, my favorite things about the whole movie. Number one, Matt Damon. He's absolutely not a person you would think of as an action kind of dude. I think he's brilliant. Brilliant, yeah, like, so. he, he plays all the things, like all the different things that Bond needs. You know, where, when he's scared. Well, he's not. He's never like really scared, but he's like you know Panic heightened or where he's calm, where he's you know he plays them all perfectly. That's my first thing. My second thing is locations. Like oh, fantastic! Like, yes, yes, yes. It's, it, it's what I like about Bond. You know, I, I've never seen these some of these places, and they're just like you know they fantastic. pick interesting places. You go to how many places? You go to Morocco. You're in Berlin. France and Berlin and Russia and India, India. and everywhere. Oh, I mean, it's, it's all over, the, all over the globe. Looks so fantastic. Feels exotic. That's one of the. That's the, my second favorite thing about Bond. And the third thing is, I just think the story is like absolutely crafted so well. I mean, I mean, it's just obviously they're based on books that were huge bestsellers, but I think they did a good job of putting it on the screen because it, like I said, said to you earlier, it's a quite it's quite a complicated plot. If you put it down in words, I think it'd be even more complicated. But they portray it in a way where it's not boring. It's not like tons of people sat saying things. Yeah, no, no. It's always moving, it's fast. They're my things, what I like about it. And there's the different parts of it. There's more, you know, there's a lot in there about personal salvation, finding yourself, man versus the world, man versus himself, all that kind of stuff. And a special... Um, and corruption in government and that kind of thing. Yeah, just uh, espionage and CIA and spies and if you like any of that you'll like it and I want a special mention which we never really mention very often um, score I think the score in this um, in all three of the movies I'm not talking about Moby's song at the end even though Moby's song at the end really does work because it gives you an anchor point for all three of them but let's talk about the actual score you know Bond um, Bond, Bond's (laughs) theme which how it works is it it is um, when moments of danger are going to happen. It wells up. It's like that is actually it, <laughs> and it kind of it starts off slow and it starts off quiet and it ends up like it's crazy. It's like it, it, you know when a moment of action is going to happen, and they're all variations on the theme of it. But it's is that nev- a good thing? Because it's like leading you. Well, it's not the way the score is done. It's never identical. It's just variations on it. 
So it sounds different from movie one to movie three. They've like changed the way the, but it's like Star Wars. It's the same theme, but it's yeah. been it's been manipulated in a different way. And by the third one, it was even amped up. It was almost like a like a dance remix of the song that was an orchestral piece in the first one. I just really liked it. I, th- I think it it's like Bond's music. It's a stamp. Like oh, we know this is a Bond movie. As soon as you hear that music, it gives you like you know. Hair on the back of your neck standing right. up, kind of. So I think... Da-dum, 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 da-dum. <laughs> like that? <laughs> that song? No, like... You like Jaws theme. That should send hair on your neck. Do you like my... I don't... I didn't notice any of what you're talking about, so... How could you not? It was like... That music was just like... Just like I didn't notice when the thing changed on... Just like you don't notice, yeah. There's something in women, I think. Oh, my God. You do not want to get me on another irritated rant today, do you? No. What I'm saying is... There's nothing about women. It's me. Okay? No, what I'm saying is... No, 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 it's not you. I do do confer with... More sensitive than you I do confer with other men on this subject. I say say to one of my friends, So, you like Blu-ray, don't you? Oh, I really love Blu-ray. I get loads of Blu-ray discs. Oh, does your wife ever watch them? Yeah, yeah, she's she's watched them. And does she like Blu-ray? She says it's the same as DVD. <laughs> so I think that's just universal. Your eyes just aren't as good as ours. <laughs> anyway. Let's move on. <laughs> I've already had one confrontation today over philosophical differences. Anyway, overall, the you know, we can talk about the three movies. <laughs> I love the movies. I, I, actually I do. Love I loved them the first time. I loved them more the second time. It, it actually, you know, I like trilogy type things because it, you know, if it's just a two-hour movie of something, I sometimes think that that's not enough time to get into that world and that character. Over six hours, you really are in that. By the end of it, you feel like you're mm-hmm. no-born completely. I like, I love it. I love it. I was really looking forward to it. And and uh, it's established for me that I love the first movie. I, you know, if we're splitting them up as movies, I love the first movie. I... I like the second movie, but I absolutely love the third mm. movie. I mean, that's the order, which is a weird order, like, you know, <laughs> but because um, the third movie is my favorite, right? Um, just because it's really satisfying. The third one, satisfying is the perfect word for all of it. The whole thing is yeah. a satisfying action adventure drama. There's no cheeky one-liners and stupid bullshit comedy tried to squeeze in there anywhere. No, nothing. Not, Nobody ever him. says anything. Nobody stupid. tries to make him into like superhero man. Yes, he can. They fight like crazy people because they've been trained a certain kind of intense way. You have to accept that. There are things you have to take a little bit of a leap on. That you can crazy drive a mini through massive traffic and, and downstairs. Yeah, and but even though apart. some of it's kind of silly, but, but it's it realistic. It's realistic. That's what I'm saying. But you have to accept that. And if you sit there and nitpick it for that kind of stuff, or like, oh, nobody could ever fight like that, or no one could ever take that kind of abuse, just put it out of your mind because yeah. that really you have to accept this whole. It's world. not as ridiculous as Bond. Oh no no no! It's not, not ridiculous at all. It's just amped up a little bit in those areas. Amped up. Can't believe I said that. So yeah, and it pops as well. Up. Oh. Oh my god! Okay, you're just shooting up. You're mat- you're batting a thousand, boy. So let's move on to the cast. We've got Matt Damon as Jason Bourne, as we all know. We um, like him. Very good in the movie. Uh, very good in most things I see him in, to be honest. I'm gonna turn around now and make a big sniffle. So keep talking. <laughs> we've got. I don't know. How we say this, but we got Franca Potente, mm-hmm. and she's the um, plays Marie. Um, Girlfriend, and she's fantastic. I love her. Yeah, girlfriend, I guess. Um, let's, and not, she's, let's not talk about how her... No, and she's really good. And, really um, good. Um, she's natural and compelling, and I want to look at her in every scene, and I like the way she moves. And Oh, here's another thing I want to say about um, Bond um, movies. <laughs> yes. This is just something I um, observed while watching it. The best way to have the coolest haircut you could possibly imagine is just hack at it with scissors. Correct. <laughs> and Bond taught me that. We learned that twice. Yeah, you learn it twice. And you're like, you know, there's no styling going on, but it looks fantastic. It looks fantastic, yes. Yeah, and, and he uh, hacks it And off. Jason Bond is a good hairdresser. He is. Not only a f- good fighter, a good hairdresser. There's um, one scene, I'll just have to talk really fast. At one point, a woman cuts her hair and it shows her in the mirror and her hair's really one way. Yeah, and it it cut is. away from her. And then and it's it perfectly back to her. styled. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, it's like a, a bob, like a yeah. perfect bob. And I was like, you could have just like, wah, come on. You could have just had a... Like, Were you not looking at this I would have preferred going out with like a bald head or a weird like <laughs> off... I'm just talking about editing. Yeah, I know look, what you mean. Yeah. They look at her. She looks really ratty. They look at Bourne and they look back at her and she's still standing there and it's totally different. Yeah. There's like a <laughs> little good. bit of continuity there. No, it's Bourne's magic. <laughs> breathes on her hair. And... <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's Chris Cooper as Conklin. Now, Chris Cooper is really good. I, I really... In fact, a lot of these people who play the higher ups in this movie oh, are perfect for the roles. Yeah. Yes. There's um, Clive Owen as the professor. Now, Clive Owen, it's a very small part. Mm-hmm. He's in there. I think he's really good because he's so... Um, when they activate the, uh, like... Assets. The, uh, yeah, and then it shows you him. You don't really see much about him. You see him, and you see his mission. But for some reason, just seeing his face, I feel like he's real f- a fucker, basically. Like, it, like right. he's an absolute, like, animal, you know? Oh, right. That's what I, what I got from just seeing the reaction on his face when he gets the message. So, but yeah, he, he's good, but short. He's, he's not. not short. <laughs> he's quite tall. But yeah. Uh, yeah, his role and is small ju- but impactful. Now, here's a girl who I've never really known of much. Julia, Sti- Julia Stiles is a Nicolette. She was a swim fan, wasn't she? She was, yeah. and But I've never really had any opinion of her until I saw these. And I thought yeah, she too. was really grown really up good. and really perfect for the part. That was one of those scenes you were talking about over the shoulder where they're in the cafe and they're looking at her and you can only see a small part of her face. I like that scene because it showed like some intensity. And then there's Joan Allen as Pam Landia. Now this is like we saw Joan Allen in Death Race a couple of weeks ago or last week and we said oh she was kind of underused in that movie. In this one she's perfect. Perfect. This is like her doing a proper performance. In fact, when you see this and then you watch Death Race, you're thinking, what were you thinking? What was she, why was she in Death Race? <laughs> you know, I know. Not that Death Race was horrible. I'm just saying, her and her portrayal of that woman, everything was just a little too over the top. And then this one, she was actually really good. And then there's David Strathern as Noah Vosen, who is also amazing, I thought. Um, Who's that? <laughs> he's the guy who <laughs> plays the... I don't... I'll give, it, I'll give stuff okay, away no, if give I say Okay, fine. Well, okay, fine. Glasses guy, um, office guy. You, you know who he is. You totally know who he is. But anyway, he's really good. I believe he's a British guy. And then is Albert Finney as Dr. Albert Hirsch. Creepy as... Yeah, really. I like him, though. I really like to see him Arr. in things. You know, and, and then the last person's Brian Cox as Ward Abbott, who we were saying earlier. Brian Cox and Albert <laughs> Finney both more, creep us out. We find Brian Cox, I find him weird and intimidating, but you said because we saw him in LIE, which is where probably he, why. Where he he's a bad guy. It. Pedophile. Yeah, it's pretty bad. That's yeah. the first... In fact, that was the first time I'd ever seen him in my yep. life. So that yeah. always sticks with me. But then he was in um, Deadwood. All, all kinds of things. And redeemed... You know, then he was just like an actor guy. And I think that kind of washed away a little bit. The L.I.E. thing, this though, one, makes you... That creeps you out, There's it? a recommendation you can give in addition to the other two. L.I.E. Which is Long Island Expressway. Right. But it's a movie from several years ago. And it's quite grown up. So, no children allowed. Now, these movies... The first movie was directed by Doug Lehman, who, talking of Doug Lehman, is the executive producer of Knight Rider, the new Knight Rider. Um, One of your favorites. I'm Fast and the Furious, I believe. But, but uh, the first movie was directed by Doug Lehman, who is the director of movies such as Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Jumper, and Go! and Swingers. Hmm. Good movies. Bit of a slight Well, not good. Jumper, not not so good. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I really like it. I recommended it one week. Um, Go, I actually really liked it, but I, I saw it again on Hulu the other week when I was just sat here and I wanted something to watch. And no, it's not good it's at all. Not. But it was really good at the time. But when you watch it now, it's a bit... Mm, I don't know why. Remember when we watched that? We watched that in the cinema. In yeah. the ho- no, not Go. Yeah, we watched Go in the cinema. We watched it in... Uh, Columbia Mod Squad. Mod no, Squad is the one we watched in that little hallway in the old house we used to live in, yeah. remember? We pulled the TV out there and good. put it on a table. And we pulled two chairs and we're like sitting out in this middle of this hallway. We went to see <laughs> we, Go at the fair. <laughs> we watched, <laughs> would sit there like cozied up about two feet away from this probably night 20-inch TV. Oh my God. Well, monitor, computer monitor. No, this was a TV because we'd put it on oh, the table it? out in the middle of the floor and then you hooked it up. Oh it was pretty God. lame. That's hysterical that I remember that. But, um... Go. And yeah. Swingers, obviously. I really like Swingers. Interesting. 
So that's but yeah. So that's the director of the first movie, and the director of the second two movies is Paul Greengrass, who it was controversial when they brought him on because he's like an independent director, and they were like, "Oh, he's going to mess Bourne up." And the only other movie he'd done was uh, United ninety three, right. which was about the nine yeah, eleven thing. Yeah. And then he came on. I thought he did a good job, apart from the shaky camera work. But that yeah. might not be hundred percent down to him. That might be the DP is into that. You know? Yeah, and I agree. I agree to a degree about that as well. Um, and United 93 also has that camera work. Yep. All the time, so... It is supposed to reflect a state of mind and a sense of urgency heightened. and all that kind of stuff. But there are times when it can get between you and what you're supposed and to I be think, looking at. And I think a time where it completely gets between you and what you're looking at is Cloverfield. Totally. And it almost ruins the movie. Even though the movies... I actually kind of enjoyed Cloverfield. That shaky camera almost ruins it. Like, yeah. <laughs> because it... Yes, it, in, in it doses, it's fine, but when you start... A whole movie of yeah. it. It's like a whole 3D movie, isn't like it? Like Blair Witch, people complain about, but it wasn't really... Yeah, that didn't when you think me. about the parts that it was in, running and whatnot, it wasn't that... It, was it wasn't always jumpy, was it? Was it was appropriate, right. It, you'd, you'd be in it, and then you'd have a break from it, like, oh, God, thank God, because I actually got that weird feeling Cloverfield, you actually felt sick. Yeah, totally. No, I didn't, but I... Did. I had to look I, around. I didn't, but near the end, I was like, holy crap, stay still for a bit, please. Because I'm not <laughs> seeing half the stuff, you know. And that's the idea, but, you know, I... There are times where it can become annoying, and I think Cloverfield's the perfect example. Irreversible had a little bit of that, but it was intentional, too. And in there, it worked for me, because that was the... The sound the and point the, of it the and weirdness everything. of it, yeah. Yeah, uh, then the... So, yeah, Paul Greengrass directed the second... And I thought he did a good job, apart from that. Um... DVD extras. Now, this is a Blu-ray box set. We want to mention the box for a second. Um, <laughs> this, this section's all you, man, because... Uh, no, I'm not... I'm, like I said, this is a real nice... I, I think they... You know, when there's packaging for Blu-ray discs and DVDs, they often don't go the extra mile and just give you shrink wrap around three discs and then you just pull it off. Now, this is like a... I mean, it's a collector's thing, isn't it? You know, it's a nice... It's a box. Metal box. Well, it's not metal, but it looks metal. It's got it's a got metallic. magnetic Jason Bond that peels off the front. That was the story. Um, yeah. I didn't know how to open it. It's a this mystery thing. box. You can't figure out how to open it, and you're not the only one. You open one. it, and then the three discs are inside um, in like a nice box. Um, it's a real nice package. Um, and it, they went an extra mile. Like, it's, it's not... Mm. Um, you know, it's not your average box. I That's really why they want to charge a hundred dollars for. It. I really like. I really like. I'd like to see more of this kind of special packaging, um, and you get the three movies inside the special by in the real cases as well. It's not just like three discs slapped inside yeah. an envelope. Um, now this is actually absolutely jam packed with extras. So I'm, I thought we wouldn't go into them all because they literally. I've just sat and watched them on my PC off all three discs, and I wrote about them. And there's a lot. I mean, I don't think... So overall, it's a, it's a good deal. I'd give you. it 10 out of 10 for extras. There's absolutely... The only thing that's missing for me, and it is there kind of, but it's mostly shorts of like on the set stuff. There's a lot of that. I would like to see like a whole movie, two hour, you know, like John Favreau did in yeah. Iron Man. I'd like to see that kind of thing, but there isn't. It's more talking heads. Is there anything about... Like, is there, are there interviews with the author? Yep, and there's okay. a whole, like, an hour-long Robert Ludlum, like, biopic oh, where right. they go into his, and they show you old archive footage of interviews of him. Anyway, when the review comes out, written review on Thursday, there's an explanation of every right. single thing. Right, it's like, I like that added because, like, we saw uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and they had the extras and a lot of it about the author and the stuff that it was based on. That was really good. It added something to the whole experience, I thought. To know a little bit about the whole history of it. Now, what I did want to mention is... Um, yes, these movies have been out in HD before. They were on HD DVD. I actually own them. I, I um, But now we've, tra- you know, we've got Blu-rays ones now. But So, these are pretty much the same transfers. Um, now, I think it's a real mixed bag because I think... I think the first movie, The Born um, Identity, I don't think it actually looked that good. I mean, in terms of, like, it looked like a DVD to me. It was out of focus, sometimes, like, soft. The blur came around soft, a lot. and um, the blacks weren't very good. And then I thought it got better as the as the movie. And the third one, I thought, looked the best on Blu-ray. I thought the third one looked... 
You know the characteristics of watching a high-definition movie when there's a close-up of somebody's face and you... Oh, I don't know. I'm a girl. No, I know. But you know when you see somebody's <laughs> face and you, dug your and you can man. see all the... You mm-hmm. know, like... like well, Oh, yeah, this is an high-definition. Yeah, he used to looking pretty bad by the end with the really puckered... I just thought the third movie seemed like a modern high-definition release and the first one didn't at all. I mean, I know it's an older film, but... I was like, oh, wow, this isn't much better than a DVD, so I just wanted to point that and out. And it sounds good, but I found times when it was a little bit unbalanced and a little bit too, like, when you're going through a car crash, particularly car races, and there's lots of car crashing and stuff, and you've got the music and the, the squealing of tires and traffic, and then you get, like, this really sharp and almost overbearing crash sound when you get to the climax of it or whatever. That seemed out of... It, it seemed too... No, I thought up. the sound was really good. And, it's and really good, but uh, I felt one like of the things it wasn't it wasn't kept together very well. Sometimes it was a little bit too much for effect. Like they would turn yeah, it up just uh, a little too much, turns to fall, and then yeah. other times you were, you know, it was the opposite. It now, was like a little bit too down. So. I thought the audio was better than on the HD DVD releases. Now, and the HD DVD releases only had the standard Dolby Digital, and they've actually True HD these ones. So, well, DTS. You know, the HD version. So I, I thought, yes, they were improved. Um, one thing also I noticed... <clears throat> well, definitely the Born Identity is the worst looking of the bunch. I just thought it... I was really surprised that it looked not as good as I thought it was going to. You know, It didn't look bad, though. No, it didn't look bad. But I don't think it looked a lot different to a DVD, to be honest. It, But there again... It was quite noisy in times. The picture, especially in dark scenes, there was a lot of a uh, lot know. of digital grain. Well, no, it's actually film grain, but um, it was visible, like um, intentionally. Don't know. How close do you watch movies? Good lord! Oh, very close. Yeah, because I I review the uh, I review yeah, how true. they look. Um, so if this, I don't watch them that close as to say, you know, oh look at that one that. If I know it's, it's particularly bad, because we see a lot of new movies, and I've seen a lot of old movies put onto HD and they look really good. Just didn't think that first one looked as Maybe good. Maybe it as... didn't look good to begin with. Yeah, and that's possibly why. Um, and the other thing I wanted to mention is, obviously this has BD Live <laughs> uh, features that we haven't been able to see yet because they don't come out until Tuesday. But what you get in the BD Live this time is uh, my movie commentary, create your own webcam video commentary, which debuted in Death Race and it's something I will never do to be honest it's just too like why yeah what's the point um, second is the my chat thing which is becoming standard on all these discs chat with somebody while you're watching the movie no thanks I just want to watch the movie Thank so you. you'll each go out and spend a hundred dollars put yeah. it in your discs and watch separately instead of like just watching them together. and third this is something at least interesting the Bond Card Strategy Challenge. Now, this is uh, signing to BD Live to challenge your buddies in this hand-to-hand combat strategy game. Now, if that's just Snap, or Fish, or whatever you call it. War. Yeah, War. I think Snap. Then that's boring. But if it's something cool, but I don't know, I can't see it yet. So, And then the other thing is U-Control. We are all familiar with U-Control. We don't like it that much. It's back in these on these discs, and it's exclusive because it wasn't in the HD DVD version. So this is the first time it's been in. There's picture in picture, like there is, and mm-hmm. that's good because that's all additional stuff that's never been seen before. So, you know, this it's new to this box set. So if you already own the HD DVDs, there is a reason to upgrade. Um, and then there's this thing called Born Dossier, and now this is the best thing I've ever seen on on U Control, to be honest. Yeah. Now, when I mentioned earlier that some of the movie can be hard to follow if you're not pain complete well what this does is it puts up a 3d overlay over the entire movie when something's happening that might be something where you go okay i'm not sure if it's like say a briefcase with something in it on the table while the movie's playing it it highlights it and then it brings up an overlay and then it says this briefcase was put there by this person and it was in reference to this phone call, which is in, like, five scenes before this, if you want an exact... Really? Yeah, it's actually real fun to look at. I was watching it, and I was like, wow, really? And then people it's like... It just assumes that people are stupid. Well, I think, it is, I, think, I think it's more like somebody who wants to go back and get everything completely clear. Right. Like, you know, it's not like something you'd leave on while you were watching it the first time. Yeah. But, you um, don't want to scare people. You're not going to get that confused. But I thought it was really interestingly done. A lot um, of effort, sounds like. 
Yeah. I didn't see these extras because you were doing them while I was helping my nephew clean his bedroom. Yeah, I sat and just went through them all. And like I say, I've wrote them down. And in the review, the written review, which goes with this, you will um, find out everything. And there was a lot. I mean... If you buy this, you're gonna. It's a good weekend's worth of good investment. Movie movies, um, so yeah, it's a overall for me. Um, Born trilogy Blu-ray disc, excellent packaging, three excellent movies, um, good features. Overall, there's a commentary on everyone as well. Um, totally recommended. I totally. can't see why you wouldn't have it in your collection if you like action movies, spy movies. Even if you don't, I think you might like it. And I personally would watch them again. If we, in a year, go, oh, hey, yeah, let's yeah. watch the Bourne trilogy again, I would be up for that. Totally. Or even just one of the Bourne movies again. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, a... it's one of those that I would, if we're going, maybe we'll spend this weekend watching a few movies, what should we do? That would pop up. And like I said earlier, don't, I wouldn't spend don't be scared of the $120 price, because I've seen it online for fifty nine ninety nine, and you know what happens with brand new Blu-ray discs. Might be fifty nine ninety nine this week. In two months, you could find it in the Amazon Gold Box for like bucks. 30, 30 bucks. So I think thirty is reasonable. I don't think one hundred and twenty. If you you know if you're the kind of person who doesn't shop around and you just go to somewhere and it's one hundred and twenty and you buy it, don't do that. This time. yeah, I know because there really is no reason. But rent to. them if you have never seen the Bourne movies. Rent it and definitely watch them. It's yeah. a good time and on high definition. Like I say, bit of a mixed bag. Good sound, kind of an uneven picture quality. But still, probably the best you're going to experience born at home. Um, for the first, well, this is it, isn't it? Yeah. Blu-ray is it. It's well, not going to happen again. You don't well, know for that. now. <laughs> um, so thank you to Universal for providing us with that one. And we'll have a written review on Thursday. And you're going to sneeze or something? Just sniffling. <laughs> okay, so on to movie recommendations. I just wanted to recommend uh, two movies. Uh, the first one is Run, Lola, Run, which stars the young lady who plays... The young lady, Marie. Frankenpotente. In this movie. And it's a, I think it's a German movie. Um, it's, it's really good. It's a, I got it on Blu-ray, actually, the other week. Cause I, oh, I'd love to see it again. I found it on Blu-ray on Amazon.com for eight ninety nine. <gasps> so I purchased We've it. We've got to watch it again. Yeah, well, I've got it now, so we can. Fabulous. Um, found it for eight ninety nine. so uh, I got it when it was in a sale thing. Um but yeah, I totally recommend it. It's a, it's a action. I mean, it's hard to explain. It's hard to explain. It's got a real, like, not like another movie you've seen. No. Um, and then my other one was because while we were talking about spies and stuff, and I obviously lo- I love James Bond. I own every James Bond movie. I wanted to recommend the reboot of James Bond, Casino Royale, where Daniel Craig stepped into his shoes. Did you just say reboot? Yes, mm-hmm. it was the reboot. Anyway. Casino Royale because it because it does have a Bond flavor to it and it's quite hard edged compared. Mean, to, Bourne has a Bond flavor. Well, it's both Bond, ways Bond came first. But what I mean is it's it's hard edged more so than the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a gritty feel. It has some great fight sequences. It's you know if you like Bond, you probably if you like Bond, you'll like Bond. That's for sure. New Bond. And my recommendations are forgot what they are. Alpha Dog. <laughs> and I just picked them like 20 minutes ago. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the reason I picked these, I wanted to think of other movies that as you're watching it, they had that certain kind of gritty, hard-hitting, uh, up-close-and-personal real feeling, but with, uh, you know, with the action, not action, but violence and stuff, but in a way that seemed totally appropriate. And uh, Alpha Dog is one, and Collateral. So Which I is Tom Cruise in a Michael Mann movie, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I wasn't going to say who's in them because I don't care, but I'm saying those are the two that I would recommend. Well, I mean, it's good to mention that because some people might be like, oh, you mean that one with Tom Cruise on the cover? I never seen No, it. how about just Collateral? Look it up. How about Collateral, dog, a Michael Mann up. movie? <laughs> um, oh my God, you're oh, so funny. Okay, so a contest. I'm just going to say this week, we've got four contests running on com. so just go there and enter. It's e- easier, than, uh, easier than pie. You just have to... Fill in the form there, and that's nice. easy. Um, next week's uh, Blu-ray disc review will be Rock and Roller, which is Guy Ritchie's new movie. And uh, that'll be next week. I'm looking forward to a new Guy Ritchie movie, because it's been a long time. You like Guy Ritchie? Yep. What uh, other movies has he made? Lock, Stock and Smoking Barrels, Snatch, and that one that was really <laughs> good that nobody else liked, and I forget his name. What was it? The one with... I can totally Did we see, see it. it? Yeah, we both saw it, and, and you liked <laughs> it too, and it was a... The one with... Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's he called? The guy from Goodfellas. <laughs> that guy. 
He does a really good performance in it. Joe Pesci? No. No, 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 no. The main guy. I. It's totally eluding me. His face is in my mind. Everybody else is going, yeah. Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta. Yeah, what was the name of that? It was a bit weird. It had a bit of weird mystical things going on, and it was really. <laughs> it was bizarre, but it was really good. How could people got, not like that? I've got to find out, yeah. It was. Um, Really, Oda was excellent. People, and people said Guy Ritchie had lost the plot and what a, what a hell of a mess this movie was. But I really enjoyed it. I don't know. I We were talking about it for days afterwards. Mm-hmm. I can remember. So it was called... We were talking about it for days and now we can't remember anything except it was really Oda. It was called Revolver. Yes. And that was good. And then he also did Swept Away, which I didn't see, which starred his... So we should tag that onto our recommendations then. Revolver. Because mm-hmm. that'll get it in people's minds. I'll, I'll add that to mine. Yeah. Revolver, Alpha Dog, and Collateral. And if Revolver's one of my recommendations next week, then so be it. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, we've, we've seen Rock and Roller. Anyway. Oh, true. Rock and Roller's next week. Um, and I want to mention the Oscar nominations, which happened this week. Not going to read them all off, because everybody knows about them by now, but was there any surprises for you? I don't know what they are. I, I sat there and I made sure they went into your head this week by standing there and reading them to you. And you went, yeah, 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 oh yeah. <laughs> no, anyway, we've not seen all these movies I yet. I know what you said, yes, I do. Yeah, we've not seen all these movies yet. Uh, we might as well mention this one now. We saw The Wrestler this week, which is Darren Anofsky's um, new movie, which is up for quite a few Oscars. Uh, it's up for Mickey Rock in the leading role, and it's up for Motion. Marissa Tomei. Oh, it's not up for Picture of the Year, The Wrestler, actually. Mm-mm. Um Marissa Tomei as well. Anyway, um, I absolutely love The Wrestler. It was one of the... When I was thinking about it this year, it's the best movie I've seen this year so far. Mm. And I know this year hasn't really started yet. Sure it has. That counts. But it easily is for me. Um, I thought it was absolutely... You liked it more than Gran Torino? I I actually did. I don't know if I saw Gran Torino. I think we might have saw Gran Torino at the back end of last year, though. Did we? Yeah, maybe. But, Mm. um, yeah, I liked it a lot. You liked it more than Burn After Reading? Yeah. I liked, it a, it. I liked it a lot. <laughs> I, I really did. Did you? I liked it a lot. I felt it was very visceral and very... I don't know. Some movies I can't describe, except that you're kind of there with the people and what's going on. And you can identify with this guy. And not just because... I mean, obviously I'm not a wrestler or any kind of sports person. But the idea of a person having their heyday and then time and age and... You get used up, chewed up, and spit out by life. And I think that that's what I got out of that one. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be seeing, before the Oscar ceremony next um, month, we're going to be seeing all these. Um, I'm going to make a point of we need to watch at least one every day, I guess. Fabulous. Um, so, yeah, and we've got the only one... Yeah, we we can watch them all. We can go, we can go and see them all. Um but yeah, I, I didn't want to mention all the Oscar nominations because it would take a long time. But the only surprises for me was uh, Wanted nominated for an Oscar for, for sound. sound. But still, you know, Slumdog Millionaire, which I really love too, not as much as The Wrestler, but I did love, is up for just about everything. That, that's the one that's sweet, you know, sweeping the bud. I also wanted to give a special mention to Robert Downey Jr. as uh, Robert Downey Jr. for the. For the dude playing a dude who's... Playing a dude. You know, the dude from Tropic Thunder is up for an Oscar nomination for, which is quite quite a fun one for me, because I would like to see him get it, because I I thought (laughs) that was a crazy role, you know? Interesting. It wasn't... You know, it's it's a layered performance. I think that's what we said during the Tropic Thunder uh, review that we did, that it wasn't just a straightforward movie. It's pretty complex. No, but I liked him better in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, to be honest. Yeah, but I just... I just think that that's an interesting one. I, he probably won't get it. He's up against Heath Ledger, for Christ's sake. A posthumous Oscar is hard to beat. And would you want to? No. Would probably. you want to beat out somebody who's... You could be thinking like, well, screw him, he's dead. Or you could be thinking like, oh, God, I would look like a jerk if I won instead <laughs> of that guy. So it's a, it's an impossible situation. But anyway, we've actually got a... Um, the Changeling, or Changeling, let's say, which is Clint Eastwood directing Angelina Jolie starring... Oscar nominated. We've actually got that coming up in two weeks for review, oh. so um, that we'll be seeing one of them there for sure. So um, that's Oscar nominations. Clint just keeps on ticking. Yeah, he does two of them this year. <laughs> Star and direct, and direct another one. You know, he's he's, he's good. 
getting to the end of it though, right? Uh, games I've been playing, Skate 2. I want to say it's an improvement on the original Skate. It's fun. It's still su- super hard to play. Like, you get to a point where you're like, you do do a bunch of the challenges and then any of the challenges I pick are absolutely beyond me. Aww. I have that feeling. Even the one where you break out your bones? Things like that are easy, but you know, the actual career. At first it's like, oh, just jump over this box and just jump on this thing and do a grind and it's all easy. And then it's like, I'm only about an hour and a half into the game and now it's like, hey, dude, go down this ramp, do a triple 360 and then uh, you have to land in a certain position and then you have to turn to the right. (laughs) And you're like, you have to do all that in one go. And you have to do that in one sequence without... And you just do it over and over and over and over until you do it. Right. It's not that fun, that part. No. But online, I did find this little mode, courtesy of my nephew, who I'd, he said, oh yeah, this mode's in the demo. And it's a mode where you it sticks you at the top of a ramp and it says, jump off the ramp and hurt yourself as much as possible. I find that more fun than the game, mm-hmm. to be honest. Like a burnout, crash you your, Yeah, it is crash mode. You just throw yourself off the board and... There's Break no blood bones. or anything, but no, it's you just fall funny. in weird positions and you go against other people to see how much damage you can do to yourself. So if you, it's better than shooting some chick out of a cannon or whatever that other game was. Yeah, and the funny thing <laughs> is, when you just mentioned Burnout, there's a lot of the game that actually is borrowed from Burnout. It's kind of interesting the the multiplayer side of things. There's all these challenges and stuff that are straight from Burnout. Really, it's this instead of like jumping cars over each other, you're jumping over each other and things like that. You I'm know? good. Well, yeah, the I same, know stuff. same company, I guess. I know stuff. I didn't know that. So, yeah, that's um, that. There was uh, something else, but no, it's not there. Were you going to talk about all those people making their own podcast from the One Up Show? No, they all got fired. And now they're making their own called Co-op. And you were listening. Oh yeah, to there's it. a new. If you if you enjoyed the One Up Show video show on a Friday, which if you know what I'm talking about. You know, Clear and enough. if you don't, if you don't, I <laughs> won't explain it. If you're into <laughs> video games, they have all been fired from Ziff Davis basically, and they've gone on to make their own company. Can't remember the name of the company, but the show is called Co-op, and you can go on YouTube and search for Co-op, and you'll find the first episode. There, it's pretty good. It's just like the one-up show. And then the podcast was three hours long. Right? That was the final one-up. Yours. Oh right. That was nearly four hours long. Wow. <laughs> they cried a few times. They. So, you know what? It's uh, whatever. Well, you know, there are a bunch of people who've worked together for ten years. <clears throat> true, true, true. And that, now they're going the separate ways. Not even, you know, like one guy's going to California and one guy, you know. Oh yeah. It's like a true in life. Weird... It's a big deal. But losing your job as a young video game reviewer is not exactly the biggest tragedy of all. No, time. but I do feel for a bunch of friends who are completely split. Sure. Up, you know, life changes, and yeah. that, but that's how it goes. Uh, and your uh, thing is what? What are you doing today? Making supper, making dinner, and it's going to be homemade vegetable soup that I made the other day that you liked a lot. You made it the other day, and we're going to eat it today. <laughs> no, making it. I made it the other day. I'm making it again. Oh, okay. I thought you meant you were just going to. And get the old uh, stuff. we're going to have some turkey dogs to go with it. I'm, I decided Sunday is the day I'm going to eat meat. <laughs> turkey dogs aren't exactly meat. <laughs> well, it's not vegetable. No. So and, it's meat uh, product. I offered to get you a steak. So I'll make it very clear to everyone. I said, I'll get you a steak. We'll get you a steak. I'll get you a steak. And you said, no, I'll eat the soup. If you're making soup, I love it. All right. That's what I, I have. I don't, and I, I don't really have anything else. Um, I love my camera still. Is there anything um, <clears throat> anything that you've done this week? Have you sold any art prints? Have you? Yes. I sold four, actually. <laughs> trying to squeeze some juice out of me here? Yes, no, I'm I just saying, I definitely know things have happened this Yeah, week I've been you. drawing every day. That was one of my goals for the year. And I also found the other day that someone had ordered four of my prints. I did the series called Crops of the World, and I do my own little drawing style of, like, corn, wheat, chocolate, sugar, and coffee. And they're kind of just black and white ink drawings. And uh, a lady bought four of them, and I'm very flattered. So I'm going to make her nice prints of them and send them out. There's one more thing before on my side of things. I'm still running Windows 7, 64-bit edition. It's absolutely beautiful. I, I, could, <laughs> I, I know Vista's good, but I really don't think I can go back to it. That's the, that's. Um, it might appear to you, oh, there's not that much different. When you use it on a day-to-day basis, there's things in there that... I would be doing on Vista and they wouldn't... Hidden wouldn't. secret Windows well, the, 7 things. They're dragging the windows to the side. Yep, one you do thing, use that a lot. One thing, I, I have a 24-inch LCD monitor. 
so it's pretty big and it's a 1080p model so the resolution is quite high too and what I tend to do is I have my email on one side of the screen and my um, web browser on the other side of the screen split into two halves now what Windows 7 does is if you drag a window to the corner of the screen and let go it docks itself a true half screen so if you drag one to one side, one to the other, you've got them set up side by side. It's the same thing as when you used to go to the taskbar, right-click and say, tile horizontal. Yeah, but this is like a real quick, you just go, drag them. And if you drag it to the top of the screen, it'll maximize. And if you have a bunch of windows open, this is an interesting one, and this is like hidden in the documentation. If you've got a load of windows open on the screen, but you don't want them there anymore, you want to minimize them all. Grab one window and shake it with the mouse. They all minimize. <laughs> you know, instead of going minimize, 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 minimize. You know like you do sometimes when you've got so many things open. Yeah. Shake it with shake the mouse on a window, everything goes down. It's really cool. It's like there's things like that that now, after only two weeks, I am doing all the time. Right. That if I went back to Vista, you'd probably see me shaking windows. <laughs> like. <laughs> like when you first <laughs> discovered Vista's search. Oh, man. And you would never be And able the search has improved that. in Windows 7. It's faster. It's a lot faster, you know, when you type something into it. And I use that all the time. I don't... See, how I... I used to be the kind of person who went into the all programs, Adobe, Photoshop, you know, like, choose Mm -hmm. like that. Now I just type Photoshop in the bar and it launches it. See, I think going through the menu is easier. I don't... See, I don't don't rummage anywhere. And if 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 I want an email that was sent to me two weeks ago by somebody and it was about the Bond trilogy. I just type into that box, Bond trilogy, and there's the email. You know, or there's everything no. on my computer too. I do find that easier than going through my email, going through, oh, where is it, where is it, where is it? You know, it, it really is, it's changed the way I use computers. Interesting. So Windows 7. So when you go in on my laptop, you probably want to kill yourself. <laughs> when I'm on my laptop, I want to kill myself. It's Windows XP, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I absolutely can't... Anybody can try Windows 7. It's free to anybody, the beta that's going on right now. They've actually extended it till the end of February because they're having so many downloads of it. So, if you don't mind being on the cutting edge, I say try it. If you got Of course they want you to download it because then at the end of February it'll turn off and you have to pay no, for it. No, it. it actually turns off on the 1st of August. So, oh. So they give it you for most of this year for free. No wonder they're losing money. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and the 1st of August, it doesn't mean your operating systems totally will turn off and you can't use it. By then, you probably will have been able to get your full version of Windows 7, you know? Right. And I'm telling you, once you start using it, you don't want to go back to another one. You will <laughs> want to buy a key or buy the disk or whatever. Unless it's $500. Here's my tip to Microsoft. Have one version of Windows 7. The ultimate version. Everything. Charge it for ni- charge ninety nine dollars for it, no matter what. Not none of this three ninety nine for you and two ninety nine for you. Ninety nine dollars for the disc and the key for life, and you'll sell more. Oh, totally. I'm willing to pay ninety nine dollars. I would totally. Yeah, I'm not willing to pay three hundred and ninety nine dollars. Not at all. Ninety nine dollars. I would buy it for more than one computer. Do you know what I mean? It's it's you know. Hey, that, hey, that's Operating system model. prices have always been bullshit. And, you know, Vista was the last straw because they had five or six different versions of Vista that all cost different prices and who knows which one you wanted. I mean, right. for me, I wanted the, the best one, right? Best one was $500. It was like, what? Well, yeah, why discourage people? I guess they look at it as you could be running a multi-million dollar business from that computer. So spending five... And then what they don't... I don't think they scale down. Maybe that's why they give you five options, but I'm just sitting at my computer. Just... Oh, say it's my mom's computer. Yeah. All she does is read emails. Well, you're doing, exactly what, you're doing exactly what Linux could do for nothing, right? You're just looking at a web browser and mm-hmm. reading your email. I guess then she could just use Linux. But. Yeah, I guess she could, but then she'd be phoning you up every day saying, how the hell do I install something? <laughs> why doesn't this game work? Peggle, you know? <laughs> so yeah that's um, after the show for this week I just want to say um, stay classy Jason Bourne and Jason Bourne will return for a fourth movie so he will we'll see how it goes personally we had this this discussion before the podcast started I'm in the opinion we don't need a fourth Bourne movie it was a perfect three yeah you don't we've got a Bourne trilogy box set for Christ's sake what are we going to do with an extra one (laughs) 
can't fit in here. Put a magnet on it and stick it on the yeah, back. Yeah, so, no. In my opinion, no. But it's probably going to happen. But yeah. Yeah, I agree. Stay classy, Jason Bourne. And I'm going to say, uh, think for yourself, everyone. And if you have some kind of bullshit bully attitude about something, do not get offended if somebody disagrees with you. And I'm going to say, think for yourselves and always stand up for what you think is right. And finally, something that I forgot to say, which we normally end on, <laughs> which we don't normally end on. Thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thanks for Thank all the you list- for listening. Um, and I want to remind you, ascully.com, sibtar.com, and twitter.com. You can Twitter us up, twitter.com slash ascully, twitter.com slash sibtalk. I still don't know if Twitter is up is the right term, but that's is my Twitter term. Twitter a verb? No. Um, you can also find us on facebook.com. And you can find this podcast in the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace, on our RSS feed on ascully.com, or you can just click the word podcast on ascully.com and listen to all 54 episodes in a row. Um, and you can, send, you can send email only to me. Sidtar doesn't accept it. Oh, my God. At A-Scully. Do you have to say that every time? <laughs> at ascully at ascully.com. Until your email goes back on there, I'll say it. <laughs> That's why I took it off, so it would be out of your mind. <laughs> An old dog doesn't forget. Or something like that. Ugh. But anyway, catch you all next week with a rock and roller. Catch you on the flip side. See you in the funny papers. <laughs>